What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are still doing all the things you know you ought to do during these times. My brothers and sisters and everybody else that listens to this podcast. First, I got to start this podcast off with some great news. The TSA last week screened 1.4 million people at airports across the United States of America, which is the highest numbers of travelers we've had since the pandemic began. As a matter of fact, this same time last year, we only had about 70,000 people going across TSA screenings. That shows you how far we have come. So we are almost at the finish line, people. I mean, we're still like 20% down from the all-time high numbers of TSA and people traveling across the country. But the thing is, also airports reported that people are starting to check for trips. Not check for trips. Make reservations for flights. Hotels are reporting higher reservation numbers. First of all, I just want to say this for everybody. I know we got the vaccine and I know everybody's doing all this stuff like... Just maybe avoid the spring break stuff because I'm seeing a lot of pictures. What? By the way, what's up with you, Florida? Like, come on now. Like, why is it always got to be you guys? Like, what, what's up with y'all? Like, come on, dog. Like, what, what's up with y'all? Why is it always y'all? Huh? Why is it always y'all? I saw some pictures about spring break and people just, you know, doing what they do. But anyway, please just stay safe. Take all the precautions that are necessary and do what you know you ought to do. But anyway, let's begin with this. In the last year, the savings rate for Americans has gone up from about 8% to an all-time high of 20% due to the pandemic. Now, as you guys know, I love to talk about saving money. I love to talk about investing. I love to talk about all of that. So on the surface of this news, this looks like awesome news. This looks like, man, this is great. People are saving more money. People are being more conscious of how they're using their money people are being more monetarily wise people are being more financially savvy with their money but then all of a sudden you look at it and you're like wait a minute the united states economy is built on the idea of us spending more money as a matter of fact if you look at the gdp number consumer spending makes up two parts of the gdp it makes up two-thirds of the gdp score so when you look at that number and you're like hmm people are not spending money how are we going to recover from this uh economic economic downturn that we are in and then you look a little bit further in and you're like wait a minute the savings rate hasn't actually increased for everybody the savings rate has only increased for the wealthy people in the nation who have the ability to save during the pandemic rather than spend more money Pew Research found that 32% of upper-income adults said that they were saving more since the pandemic began compared to 23% of all respondents, which is the whole United States, and 17% of lower-income adults. Now, the only thing I couldn't find was what they classify as upper-income, but I I assume like upper-income is if you make more than $60,000, they see you as upper-income. And so if you make over $60,000, you're making more money than most people, which is pretty much a good like plateau. I think the poverty line is about 30,000 and midpoint is about 50 to 60,000. And above that is you're you're basically mid middle class of America. 
So all that extra cash from the stimulus packages that was meant to help stimulate the economy has gone to a lot of people's savings account. I know I'm not going to lie. When I got that first stimulus check, I definitely put that thing straight into savings and I put a little bit of that into the stock market as well. So I'm not going to be, I'm not going to, I'm not one to call a black, I'm not going to call a black, what is the saying? Call a kettle black and I'm a pot. So, you know, plus I'm black. So yeah. Anyway, moving on from there, uh, Oxford Economics and Barclays, Barclays, Barclays found $1.8 trillion in excess savings over the last 11 months. And Gregory Daco, chief U.S. economist at Oxford Economics, estimates that the number could rise to $2.5 trillion by this summer. And it is not just happening with individuals either. Businesses are also very flush with cash as cash holdings for companies in the S&P 500 rose to a record $1.9 trillion. The other problem with that is when businesses start choosing to hold more cash than make investments, which usually leads to them hiring more people and creating productivity because that's how the economy expands. That's how the economy is showing signs of us doing good. That's not good. And then you combine that with the fact that even though people are no longer talking about it, we still have about 20% of the population that is behind on their rents or mortgages, even though most people are not talking about it because we have the mortgage uh, moratoriums in place and the rent moratoriums in place, which makes sure that people don't get evicted. However, that's going to ex- that's gonna run out in, I believe, June or September. I'm not sure if they got extended during this new um trillion stimulus package where that was extended to September. But when that runs out, we're going to see a massive issue in the economy. And plus, we're also seeing a massive spike in wealth inequality gap that have been talked about for years. And to really exemplify this point, Americans love to spend money on activities and experiences. And that part of the economy has not yet recovered. It's still down over 5% from January of last year. So what everything that I just said, what does it all mean? So part one, people are saving more money or the wealthy part of America, the wealthy Americans are saving more money. Part two, lower income Americans are still not exactly out of this pandemic. So for everybody who keeps on saying, oh, this $1.9 trillion stimulus is just too much. Shut up, first of all, because apparently you don't know. uh, You need to go see more people, basically. You need to get out of your circle of you doing very well and see more about life because there's a lot of people that are going to take this and actually use it to be able to feed their family. So I, I know I'm very brutal saying shut up, which I didn't know shut up was like a curse word. Well, I'm Nigerian. We say shut up and all that stuff all the time. So, yeah, I apologize for using that. If that offends anybody that I say that, because apparently I say it a lot on the podcast. Whenever I get heated about anything, I tend to say that. But anyway, again, I apologize. But if that offends you, it's more than likely I'm going to say it again. So sorry, I guess. But anyway, so part two is. There's still a lot of people that are not necessarily saving more. They're actually saving less because they lost their jobs during this pandemic. Also, businesses are also saving more money than trying to invest that money. They're not investing in the economy. They're not investing back into the business. They're not trying trying to hire more people. They're actually cutting their workforce a lot more. They're using this opportunity to trim the fat off of their workforce, which means that they're not taking more risks for a lot of businesses. 
So that's another aspect that you got to think about. And then finally, you look at the last aspect of people, like I said earlier, who are just kind of getting by barely, who are still who are on the verge of being kicked out of their houses. So when you put all of these things together, the wealth inequality gap is just expanding more and more and more and more. And there's not really much. Well, there's some things that can be done about it. For one of those is we're going to talk about it in a little bit. It has to do with ta- it starts with the word T, ends with the word S, and has an X in the middle. It goes taxes. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. But the point is that wealth inequality gap is going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is usually what happens during any kind of financial crisis. What happens is the rich get richer and the poor get poor. Unfortunately, that's what happens because the rich people have the capital, have most of the capital in the world. And so whenever there's a crisis, they invest their money more into businesses that end up producing more money. And then that money goes back into their pockets, which means that the next time that there's some kind of boom in the economy, guess where it goes? Back to the wealthy class. That's how this thing changes and goes on and on and on, which is why for those of us who have a little bit of money on the side, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that anybody who listens to this podcast, you have the time to listen to this podcast, first of all, which means that you're probably working at a job that allows you to do that. Or if you're just listening to this as you're driving home and you work somewhere where you're making enough money to put some money aside, always invest because your money will do more for you whenever there's any kind of economic crisis. When everybody else is screaming about economic crises, crises, crisi, I don't know. How do you say that word? Anyway, not the point. But every time there's an economic crisis, you can take that money and then do something with it. This is why I am very passionate about personal finance. I'm tired of seeing people in the middle class mainly because I don't know. I can't really speak too much to lower income uh, individuals. There's a few things that I can say to that and like at least to get them on the right foot. But particularly in this, I know from the demographics that I've seen of my uh, podcast, most of y'all are doing pretty well. And so with y'all doing pretty well, my goal is to guide you to get to the point where you become part of the class that actually benefits while at the same time you advocate for those who are not doing as well as you which is why i talk about these things so that you know what's going on around you so that when the opportunity comes for you to be able to advocate for your neighbors you're able to use your influence your power your money your benefits to give but also to advocate and push for things to go in the direction that they need to go to ensure that other people, not just yourself, succeed, but everyone is able to be successful. Okay, I'm going to get off my high horse and stop doing my tech talk for right now. Let's go into the next topic, which is Biden and taxes. Biden is staying true to his tax prom- his campaign promises and raising them taxes. He says, we doing this. Even though he hasn't announced anything officially, but the leaks have already began that he's already looking at them taxes. So here's what we can expect when you're as an individual when it comes to taxes. He is going to bump the income tax to 39.6% for those who earn $400,000 a year plus. If you earn more than $400,000, that's the 1% of America. He's going to tax you a little bit more money. He's also going to start taxing capital gains like normal income if you earn more than one plus million dollars. He's also going to increase the estate tax to about 45% for assets worth one plus million dollars. So for most people, in other words, the 99% of people in this country, you don't have to worry about this. However, this is not exactly where the conversation really begins. 
The conversation is really focused around corporate taxes, which Biden has indicated he wants to raise from 21% to 28%. Now, you have to remember that back in 2017, when Donald Trump did his major tax cut, he went he cut taxes from 35% to 21% in 2017. He was not the first one either to actually cut corporate taxes. From the year 2000 to 2018, there has been a race to the bottom on taxes. As not just the United States, but most countries have used taxes as a way to incentivize businesses to bring, to come over to their country and establish a base in the country. As of this year, the average corporate tax is 24%. And in order for Biden to be able to push through his new tax policies and at the same time not chase businesses away, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is working with allies to establish a global minimum tax for multinational companies. This way, businesses are not just fleeing to wherever has the lowest tax and that's where they're going to put their money because at the end of the day, businesses are always going to look for tax tax advantages it's just like i'm always going to look for ways to cut my taxes which is why i'm doing an llc and funding that llc by using a lot of stuff through the llc and then using it on my youtube channel so that way i can call it a tax thing tax write-off so that way i don't have to pay for a lot of stuff but anyway that's beside the point let's go back to the main topic the thing is usually whenever taxes are increased businesses are like cockroaches you shine light on them and they just flee they just spread out they're just like we're going to another country we need a safe haven and over the years we've we know like sweden has become like a safe haven for people to put their taxes there we know that um the cayman islands has been a place that people use for as a tax haven haven and so when trump did the tax cut they actually brought a lot of that money back into the states so what Biden is hoping that with this agreement with a bunch of American allies, which again, this is a good thing that uh, Biden is doing. He's working with allies, unlike our previous president, who was, you know, he was going to kill every all our allies and fight everybody, even though they could help him with other things. But that's beside the point. Point is, he is working with allies. And so in order to ensure that businesses don't just flee just because the taxes are increasing, this would be a way to ensure that they stay homebound and then the other thing you have to think about is biden is also combining this with a lot of infrastructure products i mean projects which will also bring a lot of money and revenue into the country and also fund a lot of revenue for a lot of these companies to make money so the question is will these companies flee away and for everybody that's screaming like no you can't increase taxes don't increase taxes this will be the worst thing you do if you increase taxes taxes shouldn't go up the thing you have to think about is taxes hasn't gone up since 1993 and our federal budget, our federal debt has kept on increasing. As a matter of fact, right now, we're at $25 trillion. We got to pay that off some way. And every time I hear somebody say, oh, don't increase taxes, my question is always like, okay, fine. Give me another option of how we can pay this thing off. And most people don't give me another option. They just don't. So if you have another option, to me, I just believe that everybody should pay their fair share of taxes. Everybody should have their tax burden because what usually happens is when corporations don't have to pay the taxes, guess who has to take on that tax burden? Yep, that's right. You do. And I'm not talking about the wealthy percentage of people who have all this money and know how to finagle their way to ensure that they don't pay their taxes. It's us like regular people, which I'm, a, I'm well, regular people have to end up being the one to cover that 
debt. It's not people who know how to finagle the system. It's everybody else who doesn't know how to finagle the system. It's the person working at McDonald's. It's the person working at Burger King. It's the person working at uh, all the people that we've been praising and saying, Oh, hail our essential workers. All the people that we've been calling essential workers that all of a sudden we wanted to appreciate. Yeah, all those people are the ones that are being heavily loaded with the taxes usually. Not the people that basically don't pay that much in taxes people always want to use like oh if you look at the lump sum it's like no you can't look at the lump sum you have to look at the percentage how much in percentage wise do you pay in in relationship to your income type of thing that's what we should be looking at not just oh the lump sum now at the same time i don't believe that people should be getting overtaxed i don't think that we should do like an estate tax i don't think that we need to do uh some kind of net worth tax i I think that's a waste of time i believe we should just focus on income taxes and focus on capital gains taxes because that's how you get the money back not necessarily doing all this other weird stuff that people have been putting out here i don't think that's gonna help that's not gonna work that's just gonna make things a whole lot complicated by the way speaking of taxes good news from the irs they just extended out when you should fill your tax by now it's going to be mid-may so if you haven't done your taxes you can relax a little bit even though you shouldn't really relax I know I'm going to relax because they're going to charge me money and I don't want to pay them that money just yet. I'd rather invest that money and make a little bit more money first before I file my taxes. So I'm putting it off. I really should go ahead and do my taxes, but I don't want to because that thing is annoying and this year is going to be extremely complicated and I just don't want to deal with it. Besides the point, fact is get your taxes done so that you so the irs does not come looking for you i promise you it's not a good feeling because the irs has come looking for me and those guys are annoying first of all they don't even like pick up the phone which is stupid but anyway i'm gonna stop let's go to the next topic oh yeah one more note about the irs and taxes the irs failed to collect more than 2.4 billion dollars from individuals with an average income of nearly 1.6 million dollars who owe back taxes to the IRS, according to a report from the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration. I have said it multiple times and I'm saying it again. The IRS is more likely to go for low-income individuals to recover back taxes than they are to go for high-income individuals because high-income individuals can stretch out things into lawsuits and make things a whole lot more expensive and a whole lot more of a hassle. The IRS will not go for them. Most of the time, if you're low income, they're going to come for you. It's good to know the skill sets that you can in order for you not to get caught up with the IRS. Again, I'm going to say this. A lot of people are going to take this the wrong way. Don't take it the wrong way. It's facts. Being poor in America is a sin. Being poor in America is a sin. Whether you like to believe it or not, that's just the way it is. Because when you're rich, you can figure out your way out of stuff. When you're not rich and you don't have any money in your pocket, they basically, the system just basically does whatever the freak they want to do with you. Take that statement as you will. I'm just saying. Moving on from there, let's talk about Stripe. A company that I wish I could invest in, but I can't because they're not yet public. Stripe, if you don't know what Stripe is, Stripe is an online payment platform that you've probably used, but you don't even realize that you're using it. It is a way for you to be able to check out of different stores that you use online. It's a very, very brilliant plumbing system of the financial world. It recently raised $600 million in a Series H H funding round and is now valued at over $95 billion, making it worth more than Facebook and Uber at their IPO. Stripe is now the highest valued startup worth more than everyone's favorite galactic exploration business, SpaceX. 
Stripe is competing with companies like Square, PayPal for the online transaction space. Stripe is being backed by names like Fidelity, Sequoia Capital, which some of y'all, these names aren't going to mean anything to you, Elon Musk, and the Islands National Treasury Management Agency. Oh, by the way, Stripe is based in Dublin, which is why they're backed by Ireland, which is it's like the crown jewel of Ireland right now. Stripe and Kahoot are like the crown jewel of Ireland right now because of the two tech companies that have come out of that base. But anyway, the bigger takeaway from this, though, is not even about Stripe itself, but it's about how little of transactions is actually taking place online. As much as we feel like Amazon, Shopify, Etsy, and all the other online stores have completely taken over in-person shopping, when you look at the actual numbers, e-commerce only makes up about 14% of the commerce space. Yeah, 14%. I'm just as shocked. I thought, I believe that Amazon had already dominated the space and that e-commerce was already taken over. In other words, there's still a lot of room to grow. So what this means for me is, first of all, I should be investing way more money into Amazon because if there's this much room to grow, dog, what are we doing? What are we talking about? We should definitely be investing more in Amazon, into Shopify, into Etsy, into basically online platforms, into PayPal, into Square, into, well, we can't invest in Stripe, unfortunately, because they're not yet IP, they haven't gone public yet, but the point is, there's still so much room for growth, and so for everybody that keeps on saying like, oh, Amazon won't give you that much of a return, there's still so much room, 14%, that includes Amazon, only 14% of transactions take place online, and now that after the pandemic, everything has just been sped up we are buying more things than we ever thought we would buy in the past online so i'm just saying maybe we need to start looking into amazon shopify etsy uh square paypal uh, what's another one all these different platforms that are completely and totally online because they're growing man they're growing there's still a lot of room to grow as far as the e-commerce space is concerned and i wish i could invest in stripe but the founders have no rush to take this company public because the founders are already billionaires. So they're like, we don't care. We're not doing it. And this just means another thing is I need to become an accredited investor as soon as I can. But in order to do that, I need to either be earning over $200,000 a year or have $1 million net worth. I'm not close to either one of those things just yet. So... If you guys want to buy a merch, I'm going to put it in the description. Go get some merch so your boy can become an accredited investor. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But anyway, let's close out the show with some extras. Uh, Disney seems to have finally pushed Netflix's hand because Netflix is beginning to test putting a lockdown on password sharing. About a third of all Netflix users share passwords. I know that firsthand because my Netflix account is being shared with like a bunch of people and that's okay. This is what we do. We've all agreed to it. Spotify actually has already done this. If you have a family account with Spotify, you have to list a primary address and whoever does not leave leave in that address will not be able to use that account. And the way that they do it is every so often they ask for your location details so that they can make sure that you still live at the same address with everybody else. Otherwise, it forces you to create your own account. With the massive growth of Disney Plus, Netflix seems ready to force people to actually make their own accounts rather than sharing pla uh, passwords. I don't really like this from Netflix. I really don't like it. Because, but again, it seems like Netflix 
is saying that it's capped out the amount of growth that it can have in the United States and it needs to go elsewhere for its growth. And so mm, I'm not sure that I really like this, but you know what? There's always a walk around. We'll figure out a way to work around this thing without a doubt. Now, let's talk about a topic that just completely and utterly blows my mind. Completely blew my mind. We mentioned it a little bit last week when we talked about NFTs, which NFTs are non-fungible tokens, which according to Google is used to verify ownership and authenticity of digital assets. And last week, an artist known as Beeple sold a JPEG for $69 million. $69 million for a JPEG that you and I can download on the internet. What? So if you don't know what an NFT is, NFT is essentially, think of Bitcoin, except if the Bitcoin only you, you could only use one bitcoin one time so it's been used to sell things like tweets nba clips and basically anything that's a digital asset now it's cool i like the idea of nft because it allows artists and people to actually uh make money off of it and i also believe in the future of nft which is where we basically will be able to like if you some if you go buy your home this is how you will show ownership for your own home or anything like that all of that stuff is really cool however i think right now we're in a crazy bubble when it comes to nfts with the amount of things that are selling for unbelievable amount i mean the other day there was a crypto truck that sold for like three hundred thousand dollars and the painting looked like me and my brother made that thing back when we were two years old that's what the painting looked like and that thing sold for three hundred thousand dollars so there's going to be a lot of nonsense in the market, but I think the base technologies of NFT is going to be very good moving into the future. Oh, and that's not the only thing that's weird that's going on right now. The other thing is trading cards are seeing a massive revival. Seven of the top 10 trading cards were sold in the last year. I'm telling you, man, rich people got too much money on their hands. Like rich people, instead of using your money to buy trading cards and buy these NFTs and buy all this other stuff, how about like, you know, maybe donating it to like solving different problems that we have in the world. We'll be able to fix a lot more things if you weren't like spending your money on this stuff. But you know what? Whatever. Everybody has the things that they love. I'm just saying, maybe donate that money. I'm just saying. But anyway, a baseball card of Mickey Mantle. I don't even know who this guy is. Sold for $5.2 million. The highest price for a card ever sold. This time last year, Bitcoin was worth $5,000. Today, Bitcoin is over $61,000 a coin. So the question is, what the heck is going on? Why are all these assets exploding? Part of it is one, the pandemic kind of cleared everybody's schedule for going to sports games, going to uh, Vegas, going to all this place. So a lot of people have money that they want to gamble away that's burning a hole in their pockets and they can't go spend it the way that they usually do. The other thing is a lot of people made a lot of money off of Tesla, off of GameStop, off of Bitcoin exploding. And so they're like, oh, what else can I use my money to do during these times? And basically, people have turned to alternative forms of investments to get that same dopamine hit. But as we all know, all good things will come to an end. And so we just got to wait and see what happens from here on out.
this one I just wanted to talk about because Elon, I feel like Elon just loves to troll. Like, this dude is just the ultimate troll. So recently, in a recent... <laughs> recently, in a recent... <laughs> in a filing from Tesla, they announced that they had promoted Elon Musk from being a CEO to being the techno king of Tesla. Yes, it literally said techno king of Tesla in the filing. I feel like he's just making fun of the whole business world like the whole business establishment establishment taking themselves way too seriously like elon just finds this whole thing to be funny and then they also promoted zach kirkhorn from being their cfo to being its master of oh my god <laughs> like this dude i can't i he's just I, he's just having fun like elon musk is just having fun i feel like he's he was that kid in class that was you know was the weird kid and now he's the billionaire kid and so all the things that people called him weird for he's basically making everybody have to deal with it now he's just like i i can do whatever i want i'm elon musk y'all just have to deal with me and i feel like he wishes he was younger in all honesty because the way he wants to relate to younger and younger people because he definitely doesn't relate to people his age it's it's pretty cool i mean he's just dude just does weird things man he just does weird things but anyway last thing we're gonna talk about is to end this thing on a slightly sad note and to hopefully bring some hope on the other side uh recently in atlanta um eight people were killed well let me rephrase that eight people were murdered in shootings in three separate atlanta area massage massage parlors yesterday a suspect is in custody and police have not determined why but the shooting come during a time when hate incidents targeting Asian Americans are on the rise, with nearly 3,800 reported since the pandemic began last March. The six people that were killed, or the eight people that were killed, were of all Asian descent. And I just want to just people, please love on your neighbors. Please love on your neighbors. Like, enough with the... Like, I get it. Well, first of all, no, I don't get it. I I don't get it. I will never get it. Because I, I, I don't see a reason to just shoot and kill people. I just... I don't get it. I just... I just... As much, I always try to play the card of like, eh, maybe I can... No, no, I don't. I don't. I can't. I will never understand... Why you go to three different locations to shoot people and kill them. Either way, please love on your neighbors. Be there for one another. Stop hating people for who they are, where they come from, what they claim to be. If you're a Christian, first of all, that's a mandate. Like, you don't get to pick who you love. You don't get to choose who you show kindness to. You don't get to choose who you show love and affection to. You're to you're called to love every single person. For everybody else, just be decent citizens. Be decent citizens of the world. That's it. That's all we ask of you. That's just be decent. Do all do no harm to anybody else. That's it. That's that's it. I just I just don't like this news of like of just like the way people started treating Asian Americans just because of a virus and then like what did they have to do with it they live in the united states like what it just reminds me of back to during uh world war ii where they started shoving japanese americans into concentration camps 
Yes, the United States had concentration camps. Go read your history books. The U.S. that everybody loves to praise and all this stuff is not exactly the most, as much as people like to say it's a Christian nation. It's not. It's not. The U.S. is not. There's a lot of stuff the U.S. does not for any other reason other than power reasons. And once again, we're going through that because, first of all, our ex-president was over there on stage calling stuff the Chinese virus, making people go attack Asian people. Like, anyway, point is, please, 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 please love your neighbors. Love your neighbors. Or at the very least, at the very least, just be a good citizen of the world. Be a good citizen of the United States, which, according to what citizenship means in the United States, which I had to go through this class, it just means don't hurt other people. That's it. Abide by the laws. That's it. That's it. Don't discriminate. Don't hate. Even if you discriminate, that's fine. Just, you know, don't do stuff to hurt people. That's it. So even if you don't like my face because I'm black, that's fine. I don't care. Let me know where you stand, and we'll step away from each other, and we can keep it moving. But don't take your hate out to the next level where you start killing people. That doesn't solve anything. It doesn't do anything. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all in this episode. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. I felt like I rambled a lot more in this episode than I usually do. But anyway, if you enjoyed it, give it a review. Maybe you give it a one-star review. Maybe you give it a five-star review. I like five stars. But you know, everybody's different. And share this podcast with somebody that you love or you care about or maybe you even hate because why not? But anyway, I'm going to catch you all up in the next one. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'm out. Peace.